What's up, Dash the Fam? How the heck are you doing? Welcome back to another episode of Big Little Life. Today is a special episode where we are answering all of your questions about homeschooling. We've been talking about this on like Instagram stories and so many people are asking Ashley questions because she's a former kindergarten teacher and she was homeschooled growing up and all the all sorts of schools around the world are in disarray as to what we're going to do. People are deciding if they even want to send their kids back because of the corona or if they just want to tackle homeschooling, what that's all about. So we asked you guys questions on Instagram and you sent in so many questions that you have. So we want to tackle as many as possible for you here right now all the most commonly asked questions and just help you decide for yourself i guess if you want to homeschool or not or where to get started if you do want to homeschool or the pros and cons and your concerns that you have around homeschooling like do my kids are my kids going to be socialized all that type of stuff you know you ready mm-hmm. ash Does that sound good yeah so <laughs> let me preface this by i am in no means an expert and am kind of starting out my homeschool journey with our kids. It's been kind of, I can tell you, like, uh, so history, history on Ashley. I really enjoyed being homeschooled as a child. I thought it was really fun. I thought it was really engaging. Like, I had a very positive experience. I loved being with my family Maybe more. Maybe that would be a good way to start, just talking about your experience with homeschooling and if you feel like you're a socialized person still and if you had friends. Um, okay, so I went... I did the normal public school thing until fourth grade and I started fourth grade and it was really early into fourth grade. Um, and my mom decided to pull us out of school at the time there was some, I, I don't know which school shooting it was, but that was kind of a new thing. School shootings are like a bomb at a school and all of the school systems in Georgia had, uh, you had to wear either the mesh backpacks or the clear backpacks. So that was kind of a scary situation. And then also my family every year went on a Disneyland trip for a week in the, it was the, like the beginning of November or the first week of December. And every year when we did this, the school system would get, or our school, like our school administration would get really kind of angry at my family and mostly at my mom And they would call her in and she would have to go to these meetings where they would tell her it was not acceptable for us to be out of school for a week and that we weren't okay doing that. People miss a week of school all the time. That's what I thought. They They were really like not okay with it to the point where we would go on this Disney trip. And we did maybe like two or three a year, not to Disney, but just like trips. I feel like I was a teacher and I feel like that's kind of normal. Um... Plus, we were top of our class. Like, my sister was in the gifted program. I was being tested for the gifted program. Like, we were fine and and doing great in school. Um, but they would call they would call my mom in and, and tell her, like, if you go on this trip, like, we don't approve your leave of absence. Like, she kind of, you, you were supposed to inform them. And if you go on this trip, your kids will be punished when they get back. So we would get back and be on either silent lunch or silent recess for the next week and that just that's so messed up that just ticked her off to no end so she just pulled us out of school and with very little i know how to homeschool just started homeschooling us and then i think i went back once because i thought i wanted to she was always very like if you want to go back you can go back i don't care and i came back like two weeks later and just was homeschooled for the rest of for the rest of um my schooling the cool thing about homeschool is you use the phrase like i was homeschooled And I was homeschooled from like fourth grade to maybe like 
fourth and fifth grade I was, but by the time I was in sixth grade, I mostly did everything myself. Oh. And that sounds like really weird. It's kind of like college. Like I think about like kids now how they have online school, like there's yeah. entire online schools, but you didn't have a laptop, right? You're just reading books and guiding, well, or did you have videos so at all? There's lots of different ways to do homeschool. And I back can, in your day, I can get into that. A lot of, there's a lot of like, there's all different kind of like groups of homeschoolers. There's my mom did curriculums. So you can literally buy like, like I have a fourth grade child and I want everything they're going to need for their fourth grade school year. And I want it from a lot of private schools have homeschool sides. So like a Becca or Calvert, those are private schools or a lot of private schools use their curriculum, but then you can also access that curriculum as a, as a homeschooler. And they'll send you a syllabus that tells you like, okay, day one, this is what you're doing for math. This is what you're doing for reading. This is what you're doing for handwriting. This is what you're doing for history. So by sixth grade, you were doing everything by yourself. Well, because I can read, you know. Just so reading the syllabus. Like my mom would check up on us, but it wasn't like Was my it designed mom, that way or, or was it designed to have a teacher I mean, still? Or does ev- it matter? I mean, everyone does it differently. I think a lot of homeschoolers I've talked to, it, it becomes very independent. Like my mom wasn't sitting up there like, all right, Ashley, like, let's teach you history most of the curriculum was like okay today for history you're going to read chapter three and then you're going to answer these like four brief essay questions and you're going to do a history project and you just send those in to get yeah so that's another thing you can do a lot of them have um distance like teachers so for me because my mom was she was really new to it and it also helps out with a lot of state governments so state governments are all very different like um georgia is kind of a middle ground as far as like how easy it is to homeschool that's where i grew up and so we had to do like state mandated testing every four years and i you're supposed to keep a record because the school system can come by and be like prove to us that your kid is doing something every day that was pretty lax i know like some more like east coast places california new york you have to keep like a daily record like today this is what my student did but a lot of homeschooling curriculums build that in where you can just show them like, okay, look, like this was lesson one. This is what we, like, it's kind of built in and you can save the work if you want to. Places like Texas, Idaho, Utah are pretty chill about homeschooling. And you mostly just have to inform the school that you're pulling your child out. And they're like, cool, see ya. I know Texas is very chill. Cool. And that's it. And they just, no one cares. Well, states are really strict. It's more of the liberal states, I think, that are more strict. I think the more conservative the state, like how a state swings it uh-huh. usually seems like the more conservative ones are more pro home or like homeschool friendly and the more liberal ones are more or does that make sense like yeah so like washington california yeah are I know, pretty I think strict on florida i am not sure about florida but i know like the east coast states are pretty strict in california and then more of the like like i kind of like the more conservative states. Washington's pretty strict. It just makes it harder to homeschool. It's not illegal. They just kind of, there's more hoops you have to jump through. Huh. Um, okay, read me the first question and I'll, I'll get into everything. Yeah, the fir- the biggest question is like, um, I guess let's get to a practical thing right off the bat. Then we'll get to some more of questions like, how do you cope? <laughs> how do you handle it? Like, But the first, the biggest one, if people are like, how to get started, like, do you, find a curriculum is it nationwide is it worldwide is it state specific do i am i like 
it like how do I get do I have to apply like how do you find a curriculum that you resonate with how does that work does your school give you one right are there resources to like so I guess you need to find out when is your child mandated by the state to start attending school for Utah kindergarten is actually optional which is surprising to a lot of people so I wouldn't have to notify my state about my children being homeschooled until first grade. And then I haven't done it yet, but I think the process is pretty much as simple. There's either like an online situation or you go into the school district building and I'm sure there's a form. That's what I would guess. I haven't, I'm not there yet. George is only three and James is two. So I haven't done any of that yet, but you basically just have to notify someone like how you register a children a child for school. So you like maybe call up the school. I would call the school attend, district. Yeah, just call and, the school and be like, I don't know where to begin, well, but I'm hoping. Especially now, they're all usually. I'm sure they have a hotline now or like, well, like please go to www. Having been a teacher, there's very much like among teachers, they kind of, and I don't want to speak for all teachers, but I feel like the teaching school administration community, they don't like homeschoolers. I mean, it's not good for business. And there's also a lot of people who homeschool who shouldn't. Oh. Meaning, yes, they're legally, it's le- legally their right to, but their their children aren't progressing like aren't i i even had kids who were homeschooled and came in and, and they didn't know what they needed to know so if you're going to homeschool you have to be very disciplined and dedicated and determined to hit your like daily goals yeah. i would say it's easy to not because there's no one there you know like you have to really want to do this are groups pretty common like on Facebook or support groups to help people get started in your area specifically that like a new, a total noob could go and start learning about some things? Yeah, there's a, I mean, I'm a part of like five just for my area of Utah. Sweet. Uh-huh. So the area, the the place where you live, like search Like I live in Utah, so I just type in Utah homeschool. homeschool. Or I, I, we used to live in like Farmington, Utah, and you can even type in farmington utah homeschool group and they're like there's a million on facebook yeah. huh cool okay this is a really common question but this one specifically comes from nasturtium the shed shop we live in a rural community and i've always been concerned about the lack of socializing and i'm sure that goes with everybody whether they live in a rural community or not they're concerned for aren't is my kid gonna have friends if they're homeschooled are they gonna turn out to be weirdos because they weren't around all the other kids to become socialized at school, right. stuff like that. That's Those are things I always wondered about. Like I saw homeschooling kids show up for like one class specifically and then leave again at my high school. And I was always like, who is that? Like, I don't know who that is. Like, where do they live? You know, or like kids would come to seminary, but then leave stuff like that in my high school. Uh-huh. So, yeah, so as you- a homeschooled person, what are your thoughts on that? Um, so Utah is a different state. Every state is different, but Utah will allow your kids, if you are, if they're in middle school or high school, to show up for like, say, a math class or say a science class or PE or they can play school sports, I think. Like whatever they want to show up for, they can show up for. That's cool. Which makes sense. Like homeschool families are still paying taxes. Like they should be, you know, Uh Um, a lot of states don't do that. As far as socialization, I can talk, like speak from my experience I grew up in a rural part of Georgia as well, or a rural part of the country as well. And it was definitely like, I definitely always kind of felt separate from the other kids because like things just didn't apply to me that, that were on their minds, you know, like big tests or 
school sports like I wasn't involved or just like the drama of everyday school I didn't know who their teachers were I didn't know who their friends were like I just I wasn't a part of that life so like my friends from church or from sports I couldn't really connect on that level and as like a 14 year old that sometimes felt isolating um but looking back as an adult I actually like I think I it helped me kind of become who I, I am like I am not very swayed by other people's opinions i don't One thing i've noticed is you you don't care much about what other people think of you right. like you don't seek approval and from I other people i don't know if that's just innate in me or from a very young age like people always kind of thought like a lot of when you meet someone you're like hey i'm homeschooled their initial thought is oh wow you must be a weirdo you yeah. know and i think that's changing a lot but that's how it was for me growing up a little bit and then they would know I was like it was always just this initial like little weird moment where they were like wait you're not like us you know Uh um so I kind of had to be okay with that and I think looking back that's helped me like as a teacher my take on the whole socializing school situation and I know like this is very it's controversial people all look at school differently and all see benefits and pros and cons differently I looked at school as a person who was homeschooled and then as a school teacher, I looked at it and almost felt bad for students because I felt like they were in school so long and I felt like it wasn't an efficient system and it wasn't necessarily even a system that appropriately served like all of any, it, school is kind of like a, a, you like feed the masses, but you're not necessarily giving them exactly what they need or exactly what they want. Mm -hmm. You're kind of giving them enough to, and again, this is controversial, but I feel like everyone, every kid has so many different needs and interests. And in school, you're just kind of like, well, this is what we're doing. So you have to like it and you have to learn to adapt, which is also a skill, you know, Mm -hmm. I will say, I think school is behind in the times. I think it was really, it's, it was a really great training ground to create um workers and you know like members of the workforce the goal of school is to make kids college and career ready and careers you know like a couple generations ago were very like okay this is your boss you know like clock in do the work keep your head down go home at five i tell you what success looks like and you do it right you know like you've everyone's seen like leave it to beaver yeah you know like you you well, go- like the new mode of success is like you figure out what success looks like for yourself and or you go do that you figure like out- you don't learn how to do that in school you're told what success or failure looks like and all you do is just plug in the right numbers i learned how to take tests well okay you kind of learn how to fit in and how to follow rules at school which is appropriate but i think it's there wasn't a lot of self-guided well i just think it's for me focused on too much today especially in the world where we live in where so many careers are how can you be different how can you stand out how can you think outside of the box how can you like do something maybe even break the rules in a way that feel comfortable contradicting your leader having up your own voice opinion And I think teachers and schools are really trying to get that like conversations and collaboration leadership and and creativity and leadership and STEM. And I really, I really think they're trying to get that, but it's really hard to like fit that 
square idea into the circular like school system whole Mm. like the the if the school is like the vessel you know like or the ship yeah all of that stuff doesn't fit really well in that ship because of all like the the one to many like like teacher one teacher to many students it's just like an outdated model i i felt like that as a teacher yeah um other things i felt as a teacher i felt like parents aren't valued um i would be in conversations with administration or meetings or school systems and they would talk about like oh this year utah legislation is passing a bill that allows parents to rate teachers and 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 to kind of like and that's going to affect teachers just as you would rate a doctor as you would rate like a plumber or whatever like anyone and and all the teachers and all the administration were like this cannot happen and there is like an element of not all parents are logical or like can see outside of themselves or their child so there could be a lot of unfair ratings but also like how did we get to a place where a parent is not able to say i am not okay with my child's teacher like how did we get to a place where they do not have the power or they have to fight for the power to say this teacher isn't working for my child or like i want them somewhere else like that's almost unheard of or not allowed or you have to fight really hard and be really brave to get kind of like a little bit of control over your child's education in the public school system Hmm. yeah um we're talking about socialization though okay as a teacher socialization in school there is an element of fun and togetherness this i only taught kindergarten i didn't teach other things and i didn't go to like other grades i guess i can speak from my experience in you school. talked with other teachers though and yeah and your experience in well school, like so. as a student i never really felt like i was socializing unless i was at lunch or recess other than that, i, I was just kind of like like most kids i never really loved school i had some like grouchy teachers yeah um, I wonder if now today, like less than ever, kids are actually socialized. I mean, I'm sure they probably well, do, but it's when, while taught, they, it's when they look up from their phone. They're, right. they're all still socializing on their phone mostly anyways. I mean, for kindergarten, like when I taught first grade in Georgia, I taught at some inner city, like Title I schools. Those kids, they didn't even have a playground. Like they didn't even have recess. Like they did not go to recess. They were in school for six to seven hours a day and did not have recess. Dang. So whatever the socialization they're getting in that school, it's not natural. It's like socialization under the direction of a teacher in a classroom that's very controlled. So I wouldn't say that whatever, they're, however they're learning to socialize in that setting isn't like a nat- like a parallel to normal world socialization. Mm-hmm. When I taught in Utah, my kindergarten kids, Utah does half day and my kindergarten kids got a 15 minute recess in three hours where they were kind of like free to play and do what they wanted and like yeah that's fun but you can get that at a park too like if you're really concerned they're not getting a ton of like quote-unquote free play where they're just like solely socializing there's like centers and group work and and carpet time and it's kind of like a very structured form of socialization but i don't i don't like i don't think that's i don't think that's nothing you could it's nothing I don't think your kid would miss out on a ton. There is the feeling of being a part of something and being a part of a class and having your classroom yeah. family. I was going to say that. I, I really look forward to seeing my friends every day, just rubbing shoulders with them. Yeah, like what we're social people. Eat lunch. Yeah. So, and it's just, and I am, I naturally lean extroverted a little bit. 
I'm not like super extroverted, but I lean that way. And it was just nice being around other people throughout the day and knowing that I'm in this with other people and I can complain about this teacher or this project with my friends afterwards or like the school plays. And I liked the being playing the drums right, and band. Like, uh, and, it's like a micro and, community. Like, yeah, the football games. And yeah, I had my community. I saw my friends every day. And I really, really liked that about my high school. Right. And I'm there only, were, I'm talking com- kindergarten. Like I'm right. talking younger grades right now. As is it a, common for people to homeschool younger grades and then go to high school? Yeah, that's really common. That is really common? Uh-huh. Because a lot of people asked, what if I don't have a teaching background? What if, what about the subjects? Wait, let me finish I, socialization. Oh, okay. Okay, so the, the like whole micro community thing of a school system is real and it is beneficial. And, you know, like it, the whole, like it takes a village. Like your kid can have more than just you to talk to or to relate to or have a mentor with or uh-huh. have multiple friends and multiple families and, and just feel really connected. Like school systems do that and it's so valuable to a community, to a family, to a child. If you homeschool, like that can't, that becomes one of your jobs as the homeschooling family to kind of create that for your child are there groups there's co-ops like george is kind of What's little a for a co-op it's i just, think of like a store where you buy feed for horses no, when I hear so like co-op. homeschool co-ops you would find them on facebook or a lot of them have websites or a lot of churches do them so like my sister ha- went to a homeschool co-op and they met weekly and they ha- it was like it was like going to school all day so there were like classes you can sign up with and they have normal classmates. It kind of gives that once a week school, like public school interaction side of things. Okay. So you set these groups up on your own though, kind of take initiative kind or, or join, join one, and join like one that's fee. already existing. But they do really cool things like school picture day and dances and like all of those fun things that school does, they do them. And then they have like, you can go to math class or science class or English class or like baking class or theater class or chorus like there's some really well organized homeschool co-ops that really give you like the tape like the social aspect of public school and the community Mm -hmm. that you wouldn't have otherwise and they go on field trips so it kind of gives your kid a little bit of a outlet to the world from your family but i mean like i'm not completely biased towards homeschool i know as a high schooler as a middle schooler I definitely like longed for like the experiences of like the social high school world Mm -hmm. as an adult looking back. Like, I don't know how important that was. I know when I got to college, it was just like the most fun thing ever. So I still had kind of sort of that experience in college. Just like, I just loved, and maybe I didn't take it for granted. Like I just loved being around people and I loved like having so many friends and being, I just loved the feeling of like being the same. Yeah. Because I had never felt that. And that might be more my personality, like just like not liking being different. Um, well, and you went to a church school too. So you're the same religion, all these people coming right. from Georgia. So where it was just kind of like going to camp, you know? Yeah. But I still did that growing up. Like I went to a church camp one week and I went to a like youth group one week. Like I, my parents made an effort to do everything. Church definitely helped with socialization then. Yeah, and a lot of homeschoolers kind of like lean Christian. I think that's maybe changing now as like a lot of like millennials are having kids and wanting to encourage like creative thought and not wanting to conform and like learning at your own pace and maybe even like the unschooling movement is growing. Uh I know like with George and James, that's one thing that's really on my mind. If I homeschool them, I want them to have 
more than just me as their person. Like I want them in sports. Like I'm already like searching out like a swim team for them. I know like there's a, a new swim school kind of being built near us and we go to library classes every week and I want them in, I don't know, like maybe Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts or just like some sort of culture or group that mm-hmm. they can like be a part of. Camping plays into that. If you've ever been camping, when you get to the campground, it's kind of like your new family, like as a kid and every kid who's camping at the same campground as you, they become your friends for the week. Um, and it's kind of its own culture and community. So that's plays a part in like why we want to be campers just so like we can have that community too, where our kids can have friends all over and maybe stay in touch with people and we meet up with people and just like kind of being more proactive in creating community connections. Whereas the school just like they hand them to you and it's so nice and convenient and easy. But if you value, like if you're really struggling with public school, and the reason that you're not leaving is the social aspect. You can, you can't recreate it like because it's so unique to the public school system, but you can find other ways to connect with your community. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's cool. Um, and then it's just up to you to, to make it happen for your kid. Yeah. Yeah. Stay tuned for more big little life with the Dashleys. We are supported by BetterHelp. You guys know that Ashley and I are all about improving ourselves and our mental health and the health of our relationship. And BetterHelp is an online option where you can connect with a professional counselor in a safe and private online environment. It is so convenient. You can get help on your own time and at your own pace. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions. You can even chat and text with your therapist. There are over 3,000 U.S. licensed therapists across all 50 states specializing in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief, self-esteem. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. Anything you share is confidential. This is available worldwide and you can start communicating in under 24 hours. There is financial aid available for those who qualify. It's secure, it's convenient, and it's professional and affordable. It's especially affordable for you guys, Big Little Life with the Dashes listeners, because you'll get a 10% off your first month coupon code with discount code Dashleys. So why not get started today? Go to betterhelp.com slash Dashleys. Simply fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor that you will love. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. That's betterhelp.com slash Dashleys. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, so where would somebody, I guess a lot of concerns that people had were, what if I didn't have a teaching background? What if there's subjects that I'm not very strong in like math or history? Like how do I, I'm fearful to start doing this. And then turns out I'm highly inadequate or unqualified, unqualified for this. And my child is struggling because of it or not keeping up with where he should be or she should be. If you have the ability to learn and to outsource, you have the ability to homeschool. 
homeschool does not have to be only from you. Um, like my mom had a math tutor for us all through high school and middle school because it wasn't her thing. So there was a lady in our church who was a former high school math teacher and she just paid her and we went there once or twice a week and she went over all of our math lessons for that week and made sure that we kind of understood everything. And then we were good to go, you know, like it was kind of our own math teacher. Mm -hmm. I know there's a lot of tutoring services like we have, it's called like Kumon Kids here in Utah where you can go in and get help. Um, What was the other question? I don't know how to, oh, I don't have a teaching background. I taught kindergarten. Okay. And again, this is controversial. For the record though, in the state of Utah, you don't even need a teaching certificate to be a teacher. They're just so low on teachers. You can literally be anyone, I think. You just can't have a criminal record. I think you need a bachelor's degree. Okay. I think if you have the ability to learn, you have the ability to homeschool. So much of homeschool, if you do it the way I'm planning to do it, is just like opening your syllabus. And it's like, okay, for lesson one, you're doing this, this, and this. Making sure you're a little prepared. But then, I mean, if you really want to, you can read it with your kid. You can learn alongside of them and kind of have those collaborative conversations with them. As an adult, you know, like it doesn't get super hard until maybe middle school, high school. Like that might be where you start touching on your weaknesses. So if you're like, if you have a third grader or second grader, first grader, fourth grader, you're probably good. You know, like if you know how to read, you're probably good and you can do simple math. If you start getting into middle school, high school and you're struggling, I would say a lot of what they do is independent and they... Like that was just my experience. And if I needed help, I asked for help. And if my parents couldn't help me, they would like look it up online and kind of learn about it with me. Or they would find someone who knew it better than me and like hire them. People do homeschooling all the time. Like most people do at home musical learning, you know, and it's not necessarily you teaching your kid how to play the piano, but it's you finding a good teacher for your child if you don't know how to play the piano and then you're kind of keeping up with them like hey did you do your music practice today like and you kind of get a grasp on how what it is and you can help them if they need help but you can also ask their music teacher and that's not how everything is but the hard stuff that you can't handle you can always outsource and Hmm. it's no big deal so would you say homeschooling is more expensive or less expensive than public school it just depends what you do. A lot of people, there's a lot of free options and then there's a lot of pricey options. Oh. School, public school is not free though. Yeah. I mean, not in the sense of you pay for it with your taxes, but there's like band fees and there's, you know, like sports fees and there's like you're like, there's a lot of fees associated Lunch. with, with things besides reading, writing and arithmetic, like in public school. There's your yearbook. I mean, that's, and, and I'm not saying that's an extraordinary amount of money. Yeah, it's not. It's not at all. I'm just, but. People are, okay. So next question. Um, as people are starting to look into it a little bit, considering it, they're getting overwhelmed, wondering how to choose a good curriculum. How to, what curriculum do you use? A lot of people ask what one you use specifically. And uh, does it change as the child gets older? Things like that. So how did you choose your curriculum? Um, how do you know which ones? Because there's so many options. So there's a lot of philosophies like on how children learn, on what's best for for kids. There's like a lot of educational philosophies. Like if you go, there's like a lot of... Like Christian versus well, like, like natural or like nature versus 
like math Science, like, and like STEM. Well, yeah. Like, so just think of all the charter schools, like in our neighborhood, there's a tech charter school. There's a fine arts charter school. There's a, like it focuses on history charter school. There's one that focuses on like movement. There's one that focuses on like college ready, you know, there's so many different charter schools and that's kind of like how homeschool is. There's so many different kind of like philosophies on what's best for a kid or how to teach a kid. And really what it comes down to is what interests you the most and what do you think will help your child the most? So you're homeschooling, right? Like I'm homeschooling my kids. And I do think of like, what would they enjoy the most? Like that is a play in there that's playing in my mind. Like how does George learn the best? How does James learn the best? George has less of an attention span than James. He's more physical. Like he, he likes to be moving and kind of like competitive. Whereas James is more of like, she hates, she's not, she doesn't like to be competitive. She likes to be kind of close and one and and like what's the word she just likes like that feeling when you're like reading together like she likes to be working with me doing more like artsy things um kind of like slower more beautiful activities where George is kind of like more fast-paced like energy activities like that's his thing and that's her thing so I can think of that when I do a curriculum Um, And I can also think of like, how do I want, what do I want them to become? Do I want them to become extraordinary readers? Do I want them to become like kids who can write, like really write, like write a book if they wanted to write a book? Or do I want them to know code? Do I want them to be really like into the arts? Or do I want to have a really heavy science curriculum? Or do I really value history and the lessons of history? Isn't there, is there like one curriculum that covers all these things? I'm, no curriculums are like people like they have different i mean like because at school i learned all these things no you learn all of them but what what's like their their like shining light so like i can tell you about the curriculums i like i like a becca i'm doing a becca with george right now and it's very like you know like it's very laid out and it's very detailed and it's very structured and i thought that would be really good for teaching george how to read because reading is like the most important skill and that's the skill that helps the him to become independent so that he can teach himself. Can you follow Rebecca all the way through 12th grade? Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't think I will. I mean, it depends how much I love this year. Does it matter? Do you have to like stick with one for one year and then switch like no on a yearly basis? No one cares. Like no one's monitoring you. Like Nobody I cares? could do like 14 lessons of his Rebecca curriculum and be like, I hate this. There's no like structured way to make sure that they graduate or is it just that you take it the GED? It depends on your state. Like so, you just prepare yourself for the GED to graduate high school, quote unquote? It depends on your state. So okay. like Texas, they're not checking up on you at all. Huh. You're like, hey, Texas, I'm not sending my kids to school. So this is way less structured than I ever thought. Well, it depends on your state. Like oh, Washington, okay. I'm not sure if this is... I know there's states where you literally have to have a daily journal. Like, this is what my child did today. Here's the work to prove it. And you either have to send it in to the state or someone from the state comes and knocks on your door and says, prove to me that you're doing things. Again, I think it's a lot more lax right now because everyone... No one can go to school or no one's going to school normally. How they Unprecedented normal do. numbers of people are homeschooling now for corona because of corona or like the school like the schools are very open they almost want you to not come back or maybe they do or maybe like it's like part-time so they're very open to like home learning they're probably encouraging it yeah depending on where you are 
So like, again, depending on where you are, you have different rules. So first, so first off, like look up the rules for your state. Yeah. Is there, are there state sponsored websites or? Oh yeah. Like it's part of like public school systems. Like, like okay. It's not part of it, but like the school, admin, there's going to be like, you want to homeschool. Here's how, or to, to homeschool, like the steps you follow and the forms you fill out. Like it's a government situation. Yeah. Um, as far as I'm losing my train of thought. Picking a curriculum. So, so they, so you go on learning the requirements for your state specifically. And then we were talking about a Becca and if it follows through or if you're going to change it as the child gets older. As far as like accreditation, right? So like public high schools are accredited. Private high schools for the most part are accredited. And that just means that your GPA, like, like colleges who are thinking about letting you come to their college will look at your GPA and say, this like is a real GPA. It's a GPA that I can either look at and say, you're not smart enough or you are smart enough versus like an unaccredited school. They look at other things or it's harder to get in. So I did, I did Oak Meadow for high school. It's just a curriculum called Oak Meadow curriculum or high school, or it's a private school actually. Like it's an actual building somewhere, but then they also have a homeschool thing. So it, and it somehow, I don't, I mean, they just have to probably like jump through hoops and have their curriculum looked at by some sort of official. It's an accredited high school. So if I do a Oak Meadow High School as a homeschooler and you have to like, you keep all of your work and you turn it in, you mail it into them every month, they grade it and you get like a real GPA. And that's what I did. And that's not what everyone does, but that's what I did. GPA is does help you get into college. Um, definitely. I think the thing that mostly gets you into college is your SAT or ACT score. And that could be something that's fluid and changing as colleges like look for different things or evolve. But for me, I did Oak Meadow, but I eventually just took my GED when I was 16 and got a high enough and my ACT and got a high enough score to get into college. And I left when I was 17. So I graduated early and like I didn't get into an Ivy League school. I didn't apply to one, but I did get into like a really good school. Um, And I'm so if you want to go to an Ivy League school, it would be important probably to be accredited. If you didn't, like I got into a couple colleges near me and then the one I went to BYU. So I would say like get a get a good ACT score. That's all they cared about. I, I wrote an essay. I got a good ACT score, and I was in. So and my GED. I got my GED. So cool. It's it's like a different path, but it still works. Yeah. And if you're just doing elementary, no one like in middle school, no one cares about that. Like as far as college, no one's looking at what you did. It's mostly up to you. Like, can my child read books? Can my child? write coherently can my child you know like have a conversation can my child type things like that mm-hmm. um all right yeah that was really helpful oh so uh, oh as far as curriculum so i'm doing Abeka this year my curriculum are there I, others that you would also recommend people look at yeah I ha- so my favorite curriculums and how do you spell Abeka too just so if people a, want to type B. it down, just because this is an audio And it's not, thing. Abeka isn't my favorite. I just thought it had a really great learning how to read program. Okay. It's not like my dream career. I love it and I might end up loving it more than I thought I would love it. But it's, I don't think I'm going to do it forever. But it's really great. And it's, it's a, 
super like old school classic homeschoolers swear by it becca yeah and there's a reason they do it's because it's so good like it's just a quality and what i do with george every day um i sit down i open the syllabus like the lesson plan manual just like i did as a teacher in kindergarten and it says like this is what you say as a teacher and this is like it tells me in bold is what i say to my student and you can say it that way or you can change it how you want and it says do this page of this workbook and this page of this workbook and play this little learning game and read this book and you're done like it's nice Emmeline Salazar says, I love seeing all your Rebecca stuff that you use. That's all I use too. Yeah. Rebecca is really the, I've only been doing it for like three weeks, but the more I do it, it's so developmentally appropriate. And sometimes I've found with homeschool curriculums, either they're like too high or too low. Rebecca is a private school that's been around for years and years and years. And they have a homeschool program that's been around for years and years and years and years. And it's just so detailed and good and articulate and like you when you're doing it you're just like yeah this will work this will work so i really like it for that but you said it wasn't your favorite well that's where like me thinking about me comes in like what do i like like what makes homeschooling fun for me Mm -hmm. like what are my interests because that's what you're passing on to your kids i'm or you know like yeah like if my mom loved gardening and i love gardening because of how much she loved it you know um, I love literature and I think the best way to learn is to read quality literature and to just, you can learn history through literature. You can learn science, not all science, you know, I'm not saying all you need to do is read books, but there's so much goodness in literature. Like reading good books helps you become a good writer and a good thinker. And it, and it's just, I just love it. And like public schools, like I felt like all through public school, like the goal was just get these kids to be able to read like the hardest test that the fifth graders would take was okay you have to read this like page it was like a story or an excerpt from a a book and like read this page and then answer these questions and like when you think about how to be be a good test taker it's like you need to be able to comprehend how to be good in college you need to be able to read something and understand it without someone spoon feeding it to you um so that's kind of like I resonate with being a really great leader and reading really great literature. So I've there's curriculums where that's like their thing, you know, like they find the best books and they put them into grade levels and they build them into the curriculum. And that's, Is that a Becca or no? No, that's not a Becca. Oh. Um, what are some others that you So like? like the one I want to do with George is called Sunlight, S-O-N-L-I-G-H-T. That's where I get all of George's books right now. So I've never paid for a whole curriculum for him. They have like two-year-old, three-year-old, four-year-old. I just have looked at them and it's mostly just like read parts of this book today and parts of this book today and parts of this book. So I just buy all the books and then we read them throughout the year. Okay. And that's where I get all of his books. All of the best book lists are in homeschool curriculums. Yeah. And you just kind of like sunlight. I just go in and I see like what books they would have you buy. And then I just buy all of those myself instead of buying... Like the lesson manual is what costs the most. So I don't buy that. I just buy the books. Um, So I love Sunlight. My Father's World is a little bit less expensive than Sunlight, but it still is like a literature-based curriculum. John Chris would be like, my Father's World, huh? What about the mothers? Canceled. (laughs) Yeah. Have you seen that on Facebook? Sunlight, huh? S-O-N. What about my daughters? Canceled. A lot of homeschool curriculums are Christian, um, but they... Oh, so kind of like a... 
like but if you're Jesus not themed like my no, son. No, it's just that father. some of the reading material might be about a Christian person or okay. They have a Bible they have a Bible kind of like course load. And those are always optional. So if you're not into that, like me, I'm undecided if I want to incorporate that into my daily homeschool or if I want that to just be kind of like what they learn in our home. In our home in our or family. at church. Yeah. I'm kind of leaning towards maybe doing it, but also I kind of enjoy a lack of structure. So I might, I just might not. In general, do homeschooling curriculums lean Christian? There's like both. 50, I think there's an equal amount of both. An equal amount of both. Um, Seems to be pretty commonly Christian. Those are just do. the ones I love. The ones I love, I don't love them because they're Christian. I love them because they're literature based. And the ones that I love that are literature based happen to be Christian. Okay. Like Abeka is a Christian private school. That's how it started out. And so like, it's like when we're learning about letters, they have letter cards with animals on them. And like I is for an inchworm. So the letter card for I has an inchworm on it. And on the back is all these facts about inchworms. And they'll say things like, in, they'll be like, the inchworm is, God made the inchworm green. And so like they use phrases oh, yeah. like that. Versus like, I guess you could say like through years of evolution, the inchworm became green to camouflage. Uh So, and this is for kindergarten. So it might not be like this all through Abeka, but it says. Some might say God used evolution to make it green. Right. That's, that's kind of what I believe. But um, instead of just talking about evolution, it will say God made the inchworm green so that it could camouflage. So that's kind of like where the Christian curriculums. I see. And there's different levels of Christianness, like sunlight doesn't have a lot of like like the, it doesn't have a sunlight history book or a sunlight science book it just has where it's gotten all these different forms like books and literature and fiction and nonfiction books and created them into a history curriculum so it doesn't necessarily have like christianity built into like the books hmm. it's more like it might tell you like how to teach something i'm not sure okay i do know like it is from a christian company though all right, cool. So a lot of people are asking, does it have to be super structured? How many hours is a good day of homeschooling? What if you want to take a few days off? Like, is it, it's did totally it give fine. you a huge, like it, did you, it was no big deal if you took a week off as long as you just, you kind of have to set your own schedule and be organized in that way. Okay, right? wait, let me talk more about the different curriculums. Just get them out there. Oh, we didn't done. Okay. Sorry, right. Getting so ahead of the ones I like, Abeka, Sunlight, My Father's World, my Father's World and Sunlight are the very like literature-based programs that I really like, like quality books. Or if you're just looking for really good books to read aloud to your kids or to give your kids to read, you can go check out the books they do in each grade. And they're just amazing. Timberdoodle, a lot of people ask like where I get all of our fun learning games. Timberdoodle is a STEM or a STEAM curriculum, science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. And their kind of belief is they want to teach your kids like, logical like reasoning in their head timber doodle yeah it's a it's a dorky name it makes (laughs) you think it has no value but it's really good actually um and they want to give your kids a lot of hands-on experience so their curriculum is all about hands-on games hands-on learning like like really like science i forgot the word like scientific thinking like reasoning kind of they want your kids to be able to as they go through the curriculum learn how to like really like reason and think and make like scientific thinking in their head so they that's their whole like platform as a curriculum that they build around and they have so many awesome like 
learning games or learning activities a lot of people ask like how do I keep my two-year-old busy while I'm teaching my six and eight-year-old even if I'm doing the stuff that the public school is sending us and Timberdoodle is where I would go because they have for every age they have so many really fun learning not necessarily learning games like but toys and games that are also like educational or or helpful in that way like matching games and sorting games and thinking games and like really great toys for for like the little kids too. Is that where you got the little the mom monies that the kids exchange for treats at the end of schooling? People a lot of people ask about those. They really like that idea of having little money you collect throughout homeschooling. Oh no, that's just from kindergarten. So like in kindergarten, I had carnival tickets. Um, and just I bought had, a big roll. I remember when we went. The, yeah, to the Kmart day before school it. started, I was like, we need to find these. It was like <laughs> yeah. ha- all of my classroom management was based off of these carnival tickets. Not all of it, but the it really kids loved them. It, and we found like a giant roll. Like, like they give you yeah, a carnival raffles for like five bucks from kids, Kmart. Oddly I mean, yeah, enough, Kmart. But Kmart you could get it on Amazon. I just needed it that night. Uh-huh. So like kids love carnival tickets. They're just fun. Yeah. And my kids in kindergarten needed to learn how to write their name. And they also needed some sort of incentive, you know? So how I did it was every day, and this only works in a big classroom. If kids were following the rules, like we had our rules very set out, very understood. And if they were following the rules or they made a a fun answer or they were collaborating or cleaning up or whatever, I would just give them, I'd like call them out and give them a ticket and they had to go write their name on it. And then they put it in the bucket. And then in kindergarten, at the end of the day, I would pull them and we would pull one ticket on Monday, two on Tuesday, three on Wednesday to teach ordinal numbers also, um, like first, second, third. Anyways, and they would get to choose out of our prize box. So that was what I did with a big classroom. I don't have a big classroom at home. I just have two kids. So like James's rules are like, are you staying quiet? Like if you're participating in the homeschool activities, because she doesn't have to, like, are you listening? Are you doing, like actually doing what I'm asking you to do? Um, or are you choosing to play with some of our, our toys in our schoolroom? And like, she gets rewarded for doing that. Like just not screaming at me or not being destructive. Um, and then for George, it's, are you following directions? Are you listening? And are you obeying or like doing what, cause when I'm in the homeschool room, I'm his like teacher. I'm not just his like sweet mom. So he like, there's a, a, a kind of like a different relationship and you kind of have to teach that. Um, and I knew that coming in, like he's only known me as mom. And when we come into this room, he knows me as teacher and there's different roles as teacher. So we just go over like sitting up in your chair or like when mom asks you to do something, you, it's not like, oh, do it if you want to. It's if mom asks you to write this letter, like you do it. Um, and you can either just scream at them and yell at them and incite fear, or you can do like something fun, like stickers or tickets. So we have these little circle counters I got them in a magnet kit um, and we just call him mom money. And so when he, he has a little cup and when he's following directions and they're coming like fast and hard. Like if I say, come sit down at class and he sits down, he gets three little mom monies. And if, if uh, like we talked about how to use crayons, how you don't dump them out, you just take one out. And I'm like, oh, like anything he's doing that is something school related or like following a rule of school or a direction he gets a mom money even if that's just like I say something and he listens to me like he looks at me and listens to me then I'm like oh my gosh like you were really listening I could see your eyes on me and and you were really listening like here's three mom monies and I just I give him a ton 
Maybe I'll put a link for mom monies on it on the in the show notes. Well, I just this. use like a Dixie cup and like little. You yeah. could even use real money. Like we have like a piggy bank. Yeah. I'll put the link to the little plastic pieces we use from Amazon in the show notes for this. Yeah. Maybe we can put a few links to things As in the show George notes. As George gets older, I would probably use more money to start teaching pennies, nickels, dimes, and like skip counting. Yeah. And then after school, he gets to buy money from the mom store and he has to count all his money. And I always give him like, first it was just 10 as he was learning to count to 10. And then it was 20. Like he always got around 20, 23. Now he gets around like 30 to 40 mom monies. He gets a lot of mom money. The candy's also getting more expensive. Right. <laughs> but then he has to count it all. So it's like helping him learn how to count. And he really yeah. wants to count it right. So This Swedish fish is 10 mom monies. Yeah. And we kind of started out doing like quantity value, but now he's just, he just kind of gets a little bit more the more he gets or he just gets the same amount. Yeah. The store gets more expensive as he learns to count higher and higher. Usually he walks out with like five M&Ms. <laughs> I'm a stingy storekeeper. Yeah. All right. Talk about structure, how you made sure you were structured, staying on schedule, on task, because it's all self-guided. You don't have anybody kind of uh, breathing down your neck, telling you what to do every day, you know? Like, how do you keep it structured? How do you, what right. day is a good day for homeschooling? How many hours? How, like, how do you structure it all to feel like you're doing good? Homeschool is very, it can be very chill. Like, there is no one telling you which is a perk like if you want to go on vacation if you want to take a field trip day if something is happening and you want that to be an experience day you know like you can easily go do that without. this is what i see as one of the main perks of homeschool if you go somewhere if you're good at structuring and you can take your school with you if you really want to like, yeah um so that's a pro a con is that again like it's if you're on a procrastinator, you. like, then as a, as a potential homeschool mom, I have the guilt of my child's failures, like almost chasing me. Oh, yeah. It, it feels close. Like I got it. Because you're, you're the one responsible now, not their teacher. You yeah. don't have anybody to blame. Right. Like, so if they don't get into college, it's my fault or, you know, whereas uh -huh. you could be like, well, I sent you to school every day. Like it must be on you or the school system, but it's not on me. <laughs> right. Like I don't have that comfort. So I'm very motivated by that. Um... I also like, I want George to, like, I love to read and I want him to be able to have that. So that's really motivating. I am a teacher. So I have this intrinsic, like love of learning, which is also very motivating. Um, but I also, I am inherently lazy, not in a, like, I don't hate that about myself. Like I just love to chill and you can't really do that. There comes a point where like right now, George and I and James, like they're, two and three like whatever I'm doing is just bonus stuff so it's not like I have to do school every day I try and do five days a week like he loves it so what he he asked to do it so we try and do it and it's only for like half an hour every day half an hour tops and like 15 minutes of like instruction uh -huh. and I can talk about that like homeschooling a young child is like a dance like it's like a literal dance where your transitions are like are really important handle those correctly too. Yeah. Okay, in five minutes, we're going to be done. Okay, in three minutes. Okay, um, setting a timer, 10 seconds, we're going right. to be done. Like prepping their brain for that rather than just, okay, we're done. All these curriculums, Abeka, Sunlight, Easy Peasy is an, a free all-in-one homeschool online. My sister actually does that one. Um, My Father's World, Timber Doodle, Oak Meadow is what I did for high school, but they're a really fun like Waldorf-inspired curriculum that I also might do instead of a Sunlight Well. Oak Meadow, Sunlight, Abeka are my favorites so far. Calvert is what I did for elementary school growing up. 
Ambleside is a free one online as well. And then like the good and the beautiful, all of these curriculums, even the math curriculums, mo most of these curriculums I've said are the literature side or the reading, writing. And then you usually choose your math side for a lot of them. So like Saxon math, Matthew C, math mammoth, they're all laid out into like one lesson a day situation. So you just kind of, for all of these curriculums, you just know to do like it's like lesson one, lesson two, like they're made for a school year. So if you do a lesson five days a week with some, you know, like school has some breaks in there too for holidays and stuff, like you will be on the same schedule as a normal public schooler. So if you just do one lesson a day and even just follow the public school calendar, if you want for them, like loosely follow it, obviously, if you want to go out or do a field trip day or whatever, then you'll be on track for the one grade a year situation. You just have to be disciplined enough to open your syllabus once a day, Monday through Friday. Yeah. A lot of homeschoolers go year round. Like my sister, they just kind of get into a groove and a routine and it's not super confining because you can do homeschool anywhere or you can take off a day here and a day there or a week here and a week there that they just go all year instead of taking off summer. A lot of schools do that too in Utah. So. And then just take more days off. Yeah. And just be chill. Whenever they want. Uh -huh. That's cool um okay man hopefully this was helpful to everybody i think that to wrap this up what why don't you like recap somebody who's total newbie wanting to get started like the first five things that they should do based on the state they live in or their country do you know much about other countries no sorry unfortunately we don't know much about outside of the united states it's similar but it's probably similar yeah so okay, top five things. What would you do first? Total newbie wanting to get started in your area, and then the next few things. Just to like, just to recap as we end here. Um, I would explore curriculums. Just can, start start with the Google search, exploring curriculums. Well, I mean, I can tell you my favorite ones again because that's kind of the hardest one to find is like real good curriculums. You've done Ashley. I can attest. I've done hours. She's of done research. so much. This is like so, what she does in her free time. Again, the good and the beautiful is a very like inexpensive but very beautiful and articulate curriculum. Um, Ambleside is very literature based where literally all you're doing is reading good stuff. You do need to figure out your math component for that one. Calvert is what I did growing up in elementary school and it was amazing and beautiful and it's kind of more of a minimal curriculum. So that one could be really good for some people who don't want a ton of junk or a ton of books or a ton of stuff. Oak Meadow is Waldorf inspired. That's what I did for high school. And I graduated high school like I am not like bragging about this, but my roommates were all like, this is so hard. And I was like, this is easier than what I was doing at home as far in as college? like my college, my freshman year. Say when you graduated to when you took your GED. I was almost I was like 16 and a half when I got into college and I left when I was 17 ish. Left home. I left okay. for college. You got accepted to BYU when you were 16? I mean, I stopped. I started doing like the GED and applying when I was 16, turning almost 17. And then I left for college when I was 17. That's awesome. Yeah. So, and then I got to college and it wasn't hard. So Oak Meadow is a really... Because you were already so self-directed. Well, so you were, and then a lot prepared. of homeschool curriculums, like they pride themselves in being very rigorous and above public school levels. Oh, yeah. So, and Oak Meadow was like college. Like I went to college and I was like, crap, like I've been doing this for four years. Like, yeah. So Oak Meadow makes kids really good writers. Cool. I was like acing all my writing. Oak Meadow is really cool. 
Timberdoodle is more of a STEM program. My Father's World Easy Peasy is a free all-in-one homeschool that is super high level. <laughs> James says she has a package for us <laughs> outside of our door. And then I said Sunlight and a backup. Math curriculum, Saxon math is what I used. My sister uses Math Mammoth. Matthew C. is a really <laughs> new great one. I'll go get her. James will join us as we end this podcast. We do have a babysitter, by the way, out there with them. They haven't been neglected this entire hour. Oh, if you just want some really good like add-in stuff, Starfall is a great app. ABC Mouse is another great app. Scratch is a coding game online. YouTube also has like great learning. Hi, baby. Jamesy's here to finish with us. I would say figure out a home, do a lot of curriculum research, see what resonates with you and your kid the most. They have a lot of like sample lesson plans so you can kind of see what it would be like day to day. I would say join a Facebook group and read through the threads. There's a, in the Facebook groups I'm in, every, someone every day is like, I'm new to homeschooling. Where should I start? And they have a million comments on where to start. And then I would just say, I mean, don't be afraid to start slow. Maybe be like, I don't want to go full into homeschool. I want to do what the public schools are sending me. But I also want to help my my child struggles with writing. So I want to get like a handwriting home program or I want to get the book list from this one and start doing some more at-home reading. That's totally fine to do. Um, I would just say like be patient with yourself. It's definitely like when I was homeschooled, like, when my mom pulled me out of school, it was something she never expected to do. And it was people kind of learn how to homeschool and it takes a couple years to figure out what you like the best and what works best for you. There's a ton of YouTube videos about homeschooling reviews and homeschool moms and how to homeschool and day in the life of a homeschooler to kind of get a better vibe on what that feels like and just have fun. Like the joy of homeschool is that suddenly things that were taken out of your control are now in your control and you can slow down as much as your kid needs or speed up as much as your kid needs and you're it's just education tailored perfectly to your child so that's a really cool thing and then also don't feel like you have to do it like public school is great it's very much like a personality or a personal desire that makes you want to be a homeschooler and in no means are you like a, a worse parent for not homeschooling or a better parent for homeschooling Like it's just what works best for you, for your child and for your family. So don't feel like you're a terrible person for not homeschooling. Like most people aren't homeschooled and they're great people. So public school definitely works and it's definitely a place where kids can thrive and, and like rise and, and achieve. So it's a weird time and it might be a weird school year, but it'll totally be okay. Cool. That's all I have to say. You rock, Ash. Okay, hopefully hopefully this was valuable to you. I will put these in show notes. And it's just um, if you can figure out how to access them on whatever device you're listening on. I think on Apple Podcasts, you just swipe up or something like that. And they show up on, on Spotify. I think they're just right there in the paragraph next to the episode. And I'll put some links there to hopefully be helpful to you guys. And thanks again to Ashley. I've just been sitting back as the person who doesn't know much at all about homeschooling and interviewing you. Hopefully, I've guided the conversation Dallin well. watches YouTube videos about how to park a trailer at 2 in the morning. I come down in our basement and research homeschool curriculums. Mm-hmm. She wakes up like, Dallin, what are you watching? And I'm like, just an overhead view of this guy parking his trailer in a parking lot. 
And then Dallin will come downstairs and be like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I'm just comparing reading lists. I really, I don't know which one to go with. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good luck, you guys. And um, feel free to DM us on Instagram with questions. And we will do our best to get back to you. We always do. And we love you. Have a good one.